0: You are locked on Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: We're gonna start this thing off right. Raider! Raider! Everything runs through leather. Happy to be back with you on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I'm Casey Cowan with the only Chris level in today's episode of locked on Texas Tech brought to you by sling TV sling has something for everyone when it whether it comes to college football or college basketball, they got a massive lineup of games across power conferences and check out sling TV now the massive lineup of games they have, games have all season long. The TV you love for a price you'll love Try today. Chris, we will uh, have a football conversation before we're out of here today talking about the most recent result against Oklahoma Saturday night from Jones Stadium and just exactly how improbable that was and that not being the only time this season where Texas Tech statistically at least was pulling off some of the improbable. We'll get to that coming up, but have hoops before us as well as Mark Adams and company return to the floor from United Supermarkets Arena. It's Georgetown fitting the description of the next potential victim. We'll get to the Hoyas, but I just want to check in with you, kind of wondering where you feel like you see this team as they leave Maui. We had a conversation following game one, but we haven't exactly given a progress report since then. So what are you thinking you kind of maybe know about this team uh, or maybe something you saw in Maui that that maybe you didn't know uh, prior to them making the trip? Well, you know, I, I think you probably
0: come back from Maui, um, you know, I, I, I think feeling like maybe you let an opportunity get away a, a bit against Ohio State, because I think that that was the swing game losing to Creighton. There's no shame in that. That team is really good. That, that team has got a lot of things that you look for for playing deep into March. They're, they're top uh, top 10 at the time. And they're really good. Louisville is one of the worst power five programs I've seen. They, they were awful. I mean, just out of sorts, completely lost. I don't know if you glean anything. Uh, for, I mean, for for a power five team to, to just struggle to score as much as they did and just dribble the ball off their feet and just be completely lost about what they're trying to get done, what was, was somewhat painful to watch, because I don't know if uh, Texas Tech is 70 to 38 better than Louisville. Uh, but, I mean, that that day I, I wasn't sure if Louisville was going to score uh, 30 points, much less get close to 40. <laughs> uh, because there was – I mean, you know, so I, I think you kind of throw those two out in a way. You, you, you win one, you lose one. The Ohio State game is the one that kind of stings because if you win yeah. that one, you come home feeling pretty good about things. I mean, let's be honest. If you come home winning two of three – it was a resume opportunity, but you you didn't get it done, and I think that's a team you could have beaten. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that it, there's not that many more chances, Casey, for you to get, like, resume-type wins. I mean, you're going to be expected to win every game between now and, and December the 31st when you go to Fort Worth, when conference play starts. And the only other non-conference opportunity you're going to have to get anything from a resume standpoint is against LSU, and that's at the end of January. As part of the uh, the Big Twelve SEC Challenge, the, the the game this week could have been one of those opportunities. You obviously saw maybe the the, the Big East's best team in Creighton, but you you may see the worst team uh, on paper in, in Georgetown. But but a couple of before we move on from Maui, Casey, the, the couple of things that I think that you, you take away from from Maui that that because you knew there was going to be some ups and downs. This team is young it's an experience together. I mean, all those things there's a couple of things that I, I think that part of a recipe, when you play really good teams, these are some things you're going to have to be better at, or you're just not going to beat some of these better teams consistently. And that was oh banner on the glass, you know, is, just, and I'm not trying to pick on him, but he's your best, most experienced player, I, I think. And, We see all those games. Uh, I think he's he's on a streak now of like six double-doubles and six straight NCAA tournament games. And he he basically has 13 total rebounds in Maui in those three games. That's it. And I just think you've got to get more from him on the glass. Yes, he's got to knock down threes. Yes, some of those boards need to be offensive rebounds and putbacks and things like that. I just think he's got to be better on the glass for you to maximize who you can be. And – and again, you know, too much is given, much is expected, kind of thing. But I mean, he he he's got to give you certain things. That's just the way this team is is built. You can't look at Robert Jennings and or somebody and go, dude, you you got to pick it up, kid. No, it, it's got to be your your super senior. And the, and then the other thing is, you you only make uh, five and a half threes per game in Maui, and and I just think you've got to get into that seven or eight category on average for this team to really maximize who they are. I mean you brought in all these shooters, all these kids shot great percentages wherever they transferred in from or in high school and and all those things and that's what you were looking for uh in the off season to try to add more shooting to your team and you've got to you've got to do it. I mean 5 it, that's a that's less than what you were averaging, you know? Uh and we know how much it, you struggled at times last year to shoot the ball and you kind of ground ground teams down and all that. So I just think you need to look for that average threes per game to kind of go up as the competition stiffens up. So you've got, you know, another month or so to kind of work on that. But that's just got to be a part of what uh, what you're going to do when, when the competition gets tougher. And as we're seeing right now, man, it's a monster. I mean, Iowa State's playing really good right now. Kansas State, these are teams that were picked below you. And the standings, you know what you're going to get uh, from from the, the the Baylors and the TCUs and the Kansas State – I mean, excuse me, and the Kansases and the Texases and all those things. But even some of the teams that were picked below you in the standings are playing some pretty good
1: basketball right now. Yeah, I think one thing that stood out to me from Maui, if, if you're looking for solace in anything, was that in your two toughest games, you posted your best day in the turnover column, only nine against Creighton, ten against yes. Ohio State. That had been an but- issue. You went 20, 12, and 20. Prior to the trip to Maui, I wonder though, I want to get to some of what Mark Adams uh, had to say to the media here this week, setting the table for the matchup with Georgetown. And we'll get to some individuals uh, that he mentions and more on the offensive end coming up in just a bit. But before we wrap up this first conversation, Chris coach Adams expressed some disappointment uh, in the level of, of their defense in Maui. How did you feel about where they were comparative to, to the standard that you know, reasonably, you feel like they can reach with the personnel they have. Yeah, well,
0: I, I tell you what's uh, what, what's happening is that I, I think that I, I think that you've you, you've employed the same scheme now for the last three to four years, and I think people are starting to adjust to it and and on how to beat it. I thought uh, that Coach Holtman from uh, Ohio State did about as good a job with the personnel he had of kind of picking that apart. And you know they, they you, you always the the way that their defense is built, um, you, you know you you always have somebody that kind of protects the basket. I mean, and, and Chris used to say it, Mark used to say it, it's called they call it the goalie. You know, they just all you always have somebody that's in front of the basket, no matter where everybody gets spread out. There's always somebody that kind of rotates over and that's got the goalie spot. And I thought Ohio State did a great job of screening that player. Uh, and and or putting a shooter on that player so it pulls that player away from the basket. It's a shooter that you've got to respect. And so uh, I I just say all that to say there's some things that coaches are going to start doing if they have the personnel and you've got to be able to adjust. And I thought Ohio State did a really good job of hitting you with those corner threes. But in Mark's scheme, that's kind of by design. I mean, you you keep guys out of the middle – and you, you've done you've done your job, but when guys are over in the corner, and you overhelp, and they, and their shooters you know open in the corner, if they knock them down, this is kind of what you've preferred. And and if teams are good enough to do that, you're 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 in trouble. So there's some, but but I, I think overall, I, I think these kids have bought in. I think you see kids trying to take charges. I just wonder if you start to see Mark adjust the scheme a bit as we go along because you know iowa state is running the same scheme there's just it's not new to anybody and you haven't caught anybody off guard and so coaches are starting to adjust it's kind of like uh you know the best thing i can do to equate it to from a football standpoint is like that scheme that iowa state ran several years ago and it was like so unorthodox you didn't really see a lot of it and it was just a pain to play against well everybody's copied it and now everybody's adjusted to it. And so that's what you're – you know, that's as close of an analogy as I can give you from a football standpoint. But I just – I thought overall – I thought they were okay. Uh, I know he wants them to play better. And I know he wants them to play hard. And I think uh, it, it's just – because you, you, you have, I think, a rim protector in Daniel Bacho. I wasn't expecting him to be this good – from a shot blocking standpoint, but gosh, is, I don't know if he's Tari- Tariq Owens or anything, but I mean, I, I just think that's a nice uh, added bonus in that. I mean, there's some block shots that were highlight plays from Maui where he's just chewing on the basketball. He's just swallowing it up. And I mean, I'm a, I was a big fan of watching some of that. And so I think if you can funnel guys to Bacho and just let him protect the rim, but he gets in foul trouble. And if you get over-rotated and anyway, it's just, there's a lot that goes on in that scheme and you've got to all be kind of playing in unison. And it's hard when you're playing a team that's skilled and
1: with a bunch of shooters out there. Yeah. I saw, uh, I think it was Keenan Evans or a former red Raider calling uh, Bacho, the eraser and his, (laughs) I I can't break down his film and all his minutes defensively to tell you how good of a job he did or or did not. But obviously in those moments protecting the rim, uh, he was not a disappointment in that instance, hopefully Texas tech, uh, is going to take some good things as a team away from the experience in Maui. That's what it's there for. You would have liked uh, to have gotten more wins than you did. But regardless, you better be able as a team, as a coaching staff, to use it to your benefit to get better. We'll stick with hoops coming up dead ahead, and we'll stick with some thoughts from Tech Head Coach Mark Adams. want to get more to the offensive end of the floor and uh, him touching on one specific Red Raider. He really needs to come alive and pull the trigger. Uh, offensively for his team to be successful. We'll get to who that is and what Coach Adams had to say. Coming up next on Locked On Texas Tech. But first, today's episode brought to you by Bet Online, your number one, one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. The latest angles on all the action, football to basketball, to soccer, and beyond. And if you love sports podcasts... <laughs> Hey, you're in the right spot right now, but they've also got them for you at Bet Online. Always fastest, easiest way to get your betting fixed, going and scratch that itch in a very responsible way today by heading to Bet Online or heading to Bet Online on your mobile device. Bet Online is where the game starts. Texas tech on the lockdown podcast network where it's your team every day. He's Chris level. I'm Casey Cowan. I do not put carts before horses, Chris. So I don't know if we've reached the number 2000 as far as subscribers on YouTube. This show is being digested uh, by lockdown locked on Texas tech viewers or listeners. I do not want to assume, but last I checked as you and I are having this conversation, we are full steam ahead so join the fam damnly and subscribe on youtube if you have not already we uh both appreciate it greatly if you have yeah man we're getting really close <laughs> uh
0: they, they they told us if we don't get to 2000 in a hurry they're going to shut us down so please help us that's right by like <laughs> midnight
1: and we have to get yeah. out of town i think before sundown the following day so yeah, it could get right. real western could get real western if we don't get there soon so thanks to those who have subscribed And uh, do so if you have not yet on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts, new episodes each weekday. Before we get to football, we'll get to Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders, their seventh win, and not the only time that it's been of an improbable nature (laughs) to just what extent that was statistically. We'll get into some of that coming up ahead and also looking at a few of those inches that did make the difference for Texas Tech in an improbable scenario. Uh, On Saturday night. But first, to wrap up our basketball conversation, Chris wanted to get back to Mark Adams and some thoughts that he shared uh, about the state of Red Raider hoops as they head into the matchup with Georgetown from United Supermarkets Arena. Offensively, he expressed, uh, I think, some satisfaction in what he had seen and some of the progress early on this season. But there was one player specifically uh, that he did mention and needing more of uh, as far as being a scorer. He touched on specifically three point shooting, but Getting buckets in general. I think a lot of people that have been paying attention know exactly who that guy is without me telling you. But if you don't, it's Jalen Tyson, who I think bears reminding Chris is reacclimating himself to the flow of a season and and fitting in with a new team, Uh, but also is a very talented basketball player, one of your better scorers. And I think we're all sitting in the stands or watching on TV every once in a while so far this year, just thinking, man, pull the trigger, pull the trigger so not surprised to hear coach Adams mention him in that light this week well he you know Kit Cowan he, he's he's I, I think
0: and I, I've said this to you but I, I think he's your most talented player uh, like just from a skill set standpoint I don't know <clears> if he's <throat> not a better player than Baccio right now and don't misunderstand what I'm saying I, I guess maybe he's got the most upside mm-hmm. uh, especially of your kind of your guards and wings in my opinion just because I think that his size and his ability to to kind of get to wherever he wants to on the floor. Uh, And, and, you know, he, he needs to, yeah, maybe be more aggressive. I think he's trying to figure it out too. Uh, I think, uh, I think that, um, you know, he is somebody that here's the, here's the part, because I think what you just said, and I guess that's what coach Adams alluded to, sometimes he's not sure when to be aggressive and other times he's maybe too aggressive and, and where, you know, he kind of passes up a shot or, but he, he he's going to drive coach Adams crazy a bit in the sense that there's going to be sometimes where he throws up a shot that you're like, Hey kid, what what are you doing? But this is kind of <laughs> who, he, this is kind of who he is. And, and I watched this a lot last year where he just kind of lit up, you know, you your, your team last year when he was on the scout team and he was sitting out and it's kind of, you know, he, he just kind of will just play. And there's not a lot of rhyme or reason, but you know, and, and he'll, but he'll, he'll throw up some unorthodox stuff, but it goes in. He just knows how to score, I guess. Mm. And so if anything, though, the one thing I'd really love to see more of him specifically is attacking the rim. He is somebody that if he can, if he can regularly try to beat guys off the dribble and attack the basket, he can make a living at the free throw line. I mean, he, uh, he th- there's just too many of these games where he's not even getting a free throw attempt uh, at all like he did against Ohio State. Did not attempt a free throw at all. He was 3 of 6 uh, versus Louisville and then 2 of 2 versus Creighton. So the fact that he was 5 of 8 in Maui, I mean, you just – because that's – he's averaging 9 a game. The the easiest way for him to do do what he's doing and be a bit more aggressive is just get. Because if you're if you're just attempting, say, three to five more free throws a game, you're going to be averaging in double figures. And it's not a massive change to your game. Nobody's asking you to go be a superhero. Just do a bit more. Attack the basket. Be aggressive. Don't don't fade away. Things like that he could be averaging in double figures before long at all if he just makes that one change to his game. So, uh, but you know, Hey, this is part of dealing with freshmen, you know, you, you, you want to push them, you want to coach them hard. And uh, you know, the, the, there's going to be some inconsistencies there. That's just going to be part of it. And it's not going to stop. I mean, that that's just kind of what you deal with when you deal with young players, because he's only played in a handful of games in, in Austin
1: uh, first semester last year. And so he's still a he's still a pup for all intents and purposes. Yep, no doubt about it. And he is uh, just under double-digit average right now, around nine points per game. O'Banner, Bacho, Harmon, your three leading scorers. I'm sure at least one of those names is not a surprise to you, Chris, but uh, what do you think about that trio? Does that surprise you at all to be mentioning those names as we sit here November 29th?
0: Yeah, O'Banner has to be. And then I think uh, think Harmon – was your, you know, he, he's he been through this, uh, this league. He's been, he's played at the power five level. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Uh, I, I would have assumed that he would have provided some scoring. Bacho has probably been the, a bit of a surprise to me in that he only averaged like two points a game last year. Okay. So I mean, I, I, I knew that he would take a step or a leap. I just wasn't sure how much it would be. And he's exceeded every expectation that I would have had. Because he's a better, you know, on offense, he's better, uh, you know, with his rim protection and on defense, he's certainly a better rebounder. He's avoided foul trouble for the most part. Uh, And I think really at times he's been your best player. I mean, I don't think Mm. there's any doubt about that. And I just don't know if you're asking any more of him than, than what he's given you right now. I just don't know if he can, if he can give it just because I mean, he, he, he he's given you about everything he's got and at times in Maui he just looked tired because you're leaning on him so much you know so um but that that when you when you're when you're one of your big guys is your leading scorer, it's tricky you know it's it's just mm. tricky he, he did make a three but that's just not you, there's going to be teams that double him and try to take him out and there's enough size and experience in the big 12 that you you know, there's gonna, there's got to be somebody on the outside that makes you pay for that. That's why I'm asking for more threes. That's just the way the game is played. But the, it's a good trio. The, to 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 your point, I thought, I thought the other, you know, individual that took really a step up, Casey in Maui, was Pop. I thought mm-hmm. this is kind of the guy that you you recruited. This is kind of the guy that it's not too big for him. He kind of, you know, he started avoiding making some of the mistakes with the turnovers, He started hitting shots. And it, he looked like he wasn't scared, if that makes sense. And that that is something that needs to, you know, he needs to st- stay stay with that as well if, if he'll keep kind of coming along offensively. But the five guys we've just talked about are, are largely going to provide your points until you figure out what Kerwin Walton and Demorian Williams and uh, some of these other freshmen uh, can give you. So uh, that's where
1: it's got to come from right now. I think some of the early returns have been encouraging, but some of the names you mentioned there, particularly guys like Isaacs or maybe a Walton rounding into consistent form, uh, could really get you to, to possibly believing that you the offensive end of the floor. But uh, obviously defense turns the wheel, and uh, still some improvement to be made there early on as, as you are uh, very much, much remaining a work in progress kicking off the month of December. So Georgetown – Coming up next, and we'll have thoughts on the other side, of course, as to what goes down from the USA. Not a lot of margin for error here for Texas Tech because uh, you'll get no credit for winning it, and you will for anything (laughs) short of that. So good luck to Coach Adams and company making it look good from the USA. Uh, We're getting to football coming up next before we're out of here on today's episode of Locked On Texas Tech. Do you know just how improbable it was uh, that the Red Raiders pulled off the win against the Sooners. And you probably had a similar feeling in the stadium or watching on TV if you're a Tech fan, a Tech pulling against long odds. We've seen it before this year. What does it say about Joey Maguire's team, given what they've done in some of those crunch time moments when trying to dig out of a hole of sorts? We'll get to that coming up next. But first, today's episode brought to you by Schooly Mitchell, our buddy. Armin Williams, North America's number one cost reduction company. And Armin is your go-to guy. If you're a business owner or your business's chief decision maker, there's no doubt about this. The risk is not there. Totally free upfront. Chris just starts with that free analysis. And if they're not finding savings, you're not owing them anything, but the chances are they're going to find something for you because on average, twenty-eight percent is the number by which they're able to reduce a business's cost. And, and think about just what that number on average uh, could do for your business, right?
0: Yeah, you know, and and I think recently Armin, you know, helped the company saved about ten thousand a year in, in multiple different categories, uh, whether it was uh, t- telephone services or waste management. I mean, just there, there's a variety of different things. And again he he is somebody that is got your best interest at heart trust me he's a uh a red raider and uh and and just big time guy so uh I, I say with Armin.com, man he will take care of you and wants to help you and uh you know i i would hope that people just man just give him a call man cuz like i said it doesn't cost you anything
1: at all to yep. to have him kind of dig into what you're doing and he can only help Get the ball rolling because he's already saving businesses thousands of dollars and wants to help red raiders just like you. Save money, especially now when the cost of everything is sky high. So head to savewitharmin.com. That's save with Armin, A-R-M-E-N. Save And let our buddy Armin Williams be your vendor watchdog no upfront costs just a free analysis to get things started and then armin only shares in any savings found so get going today and find out what your business could do with some extra wiggle room in 2023 at savewitharmin.com with armin williams and schooley mitchell your cost reduction expert see you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're at your team every day with Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. We've spent time talking hoops so far today as the Red Raiders set the tangle with the Hoyas of Georgetown from United Supermarkets Arena. But before we get out of here, Red Raider football is still certainly on our minds this week as we await some clarity uh, from a bowl standpoint, got into some bowl options, and also some decisions to make when it comes to player eligibility on yesterday's episode. Check that out on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. If you have not heard that so far, a lot of good insights there as to what the immediate future could look like uh, for many different red Raiders. Uh, And Chris, I know that maybe I'm taking a little bit for granted as to what the result was on Saturday night from Jones stadium, which is even hard to believe as I say it out loud, but you've been in some of these situations so far this year where either just some back and forth blows are delivered, or maybe you're in an early hole. But one thing about Joey McGuire's program, resiliency has been a part of what they've done throughout the season. And I know you were looking into some of what went down Saturday night and uh, some others were as well, as it relates to the improbability of your 51 (laughs) to 48 OT win.
0: Yeah. So uh, Zach Barnett of football scoop, uh, been friends with him for a long time and, he he's he knows so many coaches around the country and uh and all that Well, he, he he put an article out uh recently about that game on saturday and and when you think about it you know because his premise is i i look at uh, i look at these different stat categories and when a team wins these stat categories they they win and i think that his five stats i think it was like okay if you if you score first, if you have the lead at halftime, if you win the turnover battle, if you outrush and and outpass the other team, which stands to reason most of the teams that do that, okay, if you lead at halftime, if you're outrunning and outpassing your team, if you win the turnover battle, I mean, it's like, geez, of, of course you're going to win. Well, guess <laughs> what? Uh, until Saturday, uh, because the Sooners, they scored first, uh, they led at halftime they outrushed you and they out uh, they out gained you in, in the passing category and they won the turnover battle two to one. And yet you won the game. And, and I think that was the first time I think that uh, Zach wrote, it's like 275 and one now. Okay. Over the last two years in football games. So you're, you're the one you're, you're, you're you are the one. Yes, we <laughs> are. So yes. And and I think, uh, I, you know, in, in the article, he kind of writes about uh, the Texas game too, and how, you know, you trailed thirty-one to seventeen uh, in the third quarter of that game, and so, it, it, analytically, it, it's very improbable that you were going to come back to win that one, and and you did in overtime. But the the, the general premise was. You know, that does Joey Maguire's teams just have this will to win? And I think that's the that's the, the piece of the puzzle that I think is is fascinating because statistically mm. it it it's suggesting to you you shouldn't uh okay, the turnover battle, uh giving up more rushing yards, you you give up more passing yards, you don't have the lead at halftime and all the things. And yet, you just figure it out, and you 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 just keep grinding away. And I think that has got to be credited to Joey, his staff, and really those kids. And you know, for not you know saying, "Here we go again." And we've talked about some of this stuff, but like there it is, right there on on paper in, in a in a kind of a formula that's been put together that suggests to you this should not have happened, and yet it did. And I think it's just fun to kind of think about that you're never out of a game uh you you're, you're winning games that maybe you aren't supposed to uh and and yeah you would love to play well early and just blow teams out repeatedly that would be a lot of fun that's just not the sport that's not <laughs> the Big 12 conference <laughs> right and so uh but my my point is is that you have this will to win and you you overcame some of the analytical data or the suggestion that you shouldn't have won and that If those two games and they easily could have gone the other way, if they go differently, how much different is our conversation? You're talking about being five and seven Mm. and you're not going to a bowl game. There's a lot of questions and that's just how close it is. But you figured out a way to win those two games and you went seven and five. You finished fourth in the league. There's a ton of momentum and you you you're looking at a real meaty um you know bowl game uh, a high profile bowl game and i just think it's just crazy how close it was cuz we've spent so much time Calvin talking about how close you were in the TCU game and then the Kansas State game when you're right there and the battle back against NC State and we we focused on a lot of those things but uh i maybe we haven't given them enough credit for for winning the Texas and the Oklahoma games because
1: Don't go your way. It's just, it's a much different vibe in Lubbock, Texas right now. Well, I think we've certainly touched on throughout the year how hard they've played and that they have been, um, you know, a team that will persevere through adversity because you haven't been that kind of program that much over the last decade. I really feel like, you know, the one thing that I wanted to see restored as a Tech fan uh, from the most recent enjoyable era of Tech football which is over a decade ago. That was the Mike Leach era. Um, the one thing I wanted to see really restored was the ability to never be counted out, to be down but not out. And I never saw anybody do it to the extent that Leach did in my life before that came to pass. I mean, sometimes you're just like, good grief, do you not want to win the game in the second quarter when you're <laughs> down by a hundred in Lawrence, yeah. Kansas, and then all of a sudden they roar back, and you've got all these memorable uh, comebacks. And some of those fell short. And there was plenty to be frustrated about—a uh, team that you know constantly is getting down or, or bogging itself down early on. But you always had a puncher's chance, and you know you can be seven and five, eight and four, nine and three, and make a lot of hay as that kind of coach if your program has that kind of identity, and you can beat teams that your fans care about being. That's the one boost that you can really give yourself as a college coach and in, in whatever sport. If you're not just going to zoom full on to, hey, we're the biggest, baddest program every year. Well, hey, start out beating teams that your fans care about beating. Something Mike Leach also did very, very regularly. Shout out to our friends in Bryan College Station. Um, (laughs) And I feel like Joey McGuire is checking those boxes this year just to begin the revitalization, the rebuilding of this program. That is a great, great place to start. Chris, we saw the complete opposite. I mean, we had to go so far. Uh, To really appreciate that resilient type of trait, we had to go through the Cliff Kingsbury era, where that was a foreign concept. Everybody remembers the halftime or the record when you're trailing at halftime, and that was not fun, man. So it seems like maybe the pendulum has swung all the way back to the other end, which is a lot more enjoyable as a fan.
0: Yeah, and and it's that's you know because and it also kind of uh, points to. What he was saying all off season, and you, you kind of started hearing about the brand, and you know, and and all these different things. This is what we stand for. This is what we're going to be about. But when you see it play out, like in in real time, and it, and it and there's tangible results. Yeah, look out uh, because you know that that that's when when those kids really start buying into something like that. That then it kind of takes on a life of its own, and especially when they get a result. Uh, From it, <laughs> right. and it's it's one thing to play really hard and maximize effort and all these different things, and then you you just you just it's just not good enough. But in in these cases, it was, and so I just yeah, I, I think it's fun to kind of see some of that come to come to fruition. And again, it's something you can build on, man. I mean, uh, because though though that's a tight knit team, uh, that they, they were they were pretty. Uh, locked in on most Saturdays and I think that you know they were rewarded for it and I think it's a credit to to their head coach and, and that coaching staff over there for all being on the same page and and squeezing water out of a rock in some cases but that's what coaching is you try to glean as much as you can out of a team and maximize what they are they can be and maybe the, the, there's a little left there that you could have squeezed out but I just uh, I, I feel pretty good about the direction this thing's
1: headed. Toughest, hardest working, most competitive team in the country. (laughs) And Chris, I think truly the first two are redundant. If you have the third, that's where it starts for me. Most competitive team in the country. I want people that are made sick by losing, because if you are that person, then you'll tough things out. You will work to get back to being successful when you're not. I know tough guys that are not that competitive. I know hardworking people that are not that competitive. You know, I want the third within that saying to really be uh, where this program's identity is rooted within. And I think we got a lot of that this year. I really do. Whether it's within a game or you look at like some injury rehabilitation and trying to get back in the mix. I mean, guys, I feel like uh, really wanted to be out there and wanted to be competing and did not enjoy by any stretch, um, you know, those days when it didn't go the right way. And that's another thing I really think connects with the fan base and makes a program easy to root for and easy to support uh, through thick and thin. So kudos to Joey McGuire and all the guys in the uniforms that actually made that possible uh, this year. It was a lot of fun to watch and feel like you really weren't uh, ever out of games. And even the most lopsided one with the Baylor Bears, obviously you had chances very late into that game uh, where all of a sudden you didn't feel like so much that the final score was reflective maybe of the majority of how that played out. But neither here nor there at this point in time, you are – A tough, hardworking, competitive program. Can you be number one on the list? Uh, I guess the future will reveal that. It's still time to figure those things out. We're back at it. Coming up on the other side, we'll be digesting some Tech Hoops results, obviously, as they'll tangle with the Hoyas, for better or worse. Coming up on the next edition of Locked on Texas Tech, so subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. Uh, Chris, enjoyed it, as always, man, and we'll catch you on the other side. Cal, keep hope alive, brother. We'll keep doing it you got to be back here tomorrow for a fresh episode of locked on Texas tech with Chris level. I'm Casey Cowan. We'll see you then on the locked on podcast network. And I hope after today's episode of locked on Texas tech, you'll make locked on sports today. Your next listen, check out the locked on sports today podcast right here on the locked on sports network. It's the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, big game recaps and the take of the day on the locked on sports today podcast available on the odyssey app. YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. For Chris, I'm Casey. We'll see you next time right here on Locked On Texas Tech.